You're listening to a podcast series from Vietcetera Production. Vietnam is forecasted to be one of the fastest growing economies in Southeast Asia and the world. To understand the dynamics behind Vietnam's miracle growth, Vietcetera meets with business leaders every week to discuss the country's future growth prospects. We also learn about how they build and manage teams and why they think innovation will be key to Vietnam's role in the world order. An IT professional with 18 years of experience working in enterprise architecture and application development, Mark has just recently joined VNG Corporation, Vietnam's first unicorn, as CTO in January. VNG, best known for its gaming business, has been diversifying into other digital services such as social media and e-commerce with products such as Zalopay, a mobile payment app. Mark spent close to four years as VP of Software Engineering and Transformation with Ticketmaster, where he drove both the architecture and execution of a multi-year strategy focused on business agility and innovation. Prior to that, he spent over 12 years with American Express, where as the global engineering leader, he was responsible for a portfolio of assets providing core transaction processing capabilities in support of the global consumer and corporate issuer business. But before we begin, we'd also like to extend a big thanks to our sponsor, Dreamplex. Dreamplex has over five years of experience in running engaging workplaces for some of the largest companies here in Vietnam. With the increasing demand for flexible workspaces in a post-COVID world, Dreamplex is opening up two large new campuses this year to deliver a better day at work for over 2,500 employees in Vietnam. What's up, guys? It's your host, Hao, here again at the Radio Room here in Ho Chi Minh City at the Vietcetera office. Uh, today, we're welcoming Mark Moraski. Is that right? That's right. That's right. I got it. Uh, he's the CTO at Zalopay, which is part of VNG. Uh, he's just arrived three months ago. He's fairly new. So let's give him an easy time today. Um, of course, his expertise is why he's here, not because he knows Vietnam particularly well, but he's discovering very quickly, of course. Um, this is another episode of Vietnam Innovator. So again, big thanks to all of our listeners and readers and followers for tuning in. Over the last six months, we've built an incredible library of hopefully awesome content for you guys, and we hope to continue that. And today's episode with Mark will hopefully shine a light on about the technology industry in Vietnam, um, also about VNG, of course, which is a huge monster company making big impact in Vietnam, hence its tagline, embracing challenges. I think I'm getting that right. Actually, I use Allopay among other applications, uh, but we'll have to hear about it from Mark himself about what Allopay is all about what their technology does and the kind of opportunities that are in Vietnam for what they're doing. So without further ado, let's uh, move it over to Mark. Thank you for making time today. I know you're very busy, um, but we you, we have a lot to share today and I'm sure a lot of people are very curious. Um, so Mark, please introduce yourself. Who are you and what are you doing in Vietnam? It's only been three months. Um, why did you come here? Wow, good questions and thanks for having me on. Um, so yeah, Mark Morawski, um, I've really been looking for uh, the big challenge and the big location and kind of like, you know, what's next for me and, and kind of what's next for, uh, you know, the company that I'm working for. And uh, through all of that, and I won't bore you with all the, the details of kind of like in my personal story, but generally speaking, what I find is that uh, what, what Zalopay had to offer when it comes to, you know, the mission that they're going after, which essentially is a little bit like what, you know, PayPal was doing in the early days of going after the unbanked, right? How do we make sense of, uh, you know, the financial institutions for the common man, right? And, you know, what VNG is doing specifically around, you know, investing in the Vietnamese people, 
you know, the, the goal is really to create financial services in a way that, you know, people can get access to them in ways that maybe they've never been able to. And I found that to be appealing, right? Uh, you know, at a personal level, you know, when you have that mission-based approach, it allows you to more easily integrate with the community, allows you to more in- easily integrate with the people that you're uh, managing, mm-hmm. right? Because it's something that you're working towards that everybody can get around and, you know, versus we're here to make lots of profit and, you know, somebody really, really wealthy, right? It's, it's something that's 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 kind of touching. Um, so, I mean, that, that's the big thing. The, the other thing, you know, from, from a personal standpoint, uh, my family and I were kind of at a point of, and we've kind of done a bunch of different things in the U.S. Uh, most recently, I was working for a company called Ticketmaster, which is a large um, uh, seller of tickets for live, in, live entertainment. And as you can imagine, you know, with COVID-19 hitting, it was kind of a, a downturn for us at the time. Uh, prior to that, I, I spent about 20 years in financial services, uh, primarily at a company, American Express, a Fortune 500 company, doing a lot of various uh, uh, legacy modernization activities, uh, focusing on kind of, you know, take old things and make them new again, moving to cloud, uh, moving, uh, you know, big data and, and things like that. And um, just really this concept of, of cultural and agile transformation is at heart. And, and I think there's a part of that that I'm, that I'm seeing here at Zalapay, I'm seeing within VNG and other, even, you know, some of the other companies here in Vietnam where it, it's ripe for uh, some kind of a transformation, right? Where it's like, how do we want to do work and how do we really want to be customer obsessed? That's great. I mean, when you say customers, obviously these customers are very young. Uh, you mentioned that they're unbanked uh, and they don't live just in the city. They're in, in rural areas too. Yeah, yeah. So it's a huge ecosystem of users, right? I mean, if you look at, you know, the daily Vietnamese uh, usage, I think Zalo is definitely in the top, you know, top couple of apps from my understanding. So, yeah. So, yeah, well, you know, before we jump into ZaloPay and it's kind of technological opportunities and challenges and how, you know, you're hopefully your team is solving them. I do want to hear more about why you ended up coming to Vietnam, too, because, you know, you came in the middle of a pandemic and obviously the opportunity of ZaloPay is very compelling. Um, your your past role at Ticketmaster, you know, became uh, not as exciting because of the pandemic, uh, not serving the millions of customers that they usually do. How did your family adjust to this and how did you adjust to it? And was it you reaching out to Zalopay and VNG or was it them reaching out to you? How did that recruitment kind of process take place and the decisions? What what decisions did you have to make when when coming here? Yeah, so, um, you know, it, it you know, called a year ago, maybe two years ago, my wife and I started having a real good conversation about what's next for us personally. Uh, professionally, I started thinking about, hey, I've kind of done this, been there in a, in a couple different areas. Wasn't super interested in going into the smaller startup and, and really kind of growing from scratch. Uh, wasn't super excited about maybe jumping back into the real big bank area of financial services where it's a little bit more risk adverse. So I was really kind of looking for a sweet spot of who has an entrepreneurial spirit but has scale challenges, right? So uh, I started looking at, at, at companies, um, and the profiles of companies. I was really targeting, at the time, Europe. Uh, I was targeting outside of the U.S. to see, you know, what could we do to kind of have the next adventure, Right, you know. Do you have kids too? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So three, you moved all of them. During... Well, three kids. Uh, okay. They're staying in the states. They're okay. all in university. Got it. Got it. Okay. Uh, so I, I have to, you know, find a way to pay for all the tuition, as you can <laughs> imagine, uh, in the U.S. So they're sticking back, and okay. uh, we're still working to get my wife here. Which hopefully in the next couple of weeks I'll have a, a clear path to the visa. Got it. Got it. Got it. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was about to say it's not easy moving during a pandemic. I mean, it's good that your kids are grown now, so they they yeah. have their own kind of responsibilities and and. Um, 
kind of independence. So that, that's great to hear. Moving back to Zalopay now, um, we'd love to hear about the kind of challenges you guys are working on, how you guys approach development. And coming from the U.S., is it, is it the same or different here? Um, I'd love to touch upon, I, I believe agile development is how you guys approach building at Zalopay. Um, how does that methodology apply? And with you being leader of that organization, what are some initiatives you're running at the moment to make those kind of things a bit more progressive and potentially more impactful? Yeah. So I, I think the way that I would describe uh, you know, our, also our, our prior software delivery is we were very agile in a sense, uh, meaning that you know when it comes to somebody has a great idea, let's go after it, let's do it in a way that's somewhat iterative and um, you know in a way that we can quickly get some some feedback from our from our customers. You know the, the challenge is I think a lot of the growth that's happened in BNG and specifically in Zalopay over the years is we haven't been able to keep up with the, let's say the practices uh, that make that healthy, to, that make that fast enough because in our industry, things are changing so fast, right? So uh, what we're really wanting to, to do and what we're starting to push on is this idea of a hypothesis-based approach where you know somebody can't dream about an idea and say, this is going to be the winner. Really, it's, you know, what is it that we need to try, right? So if I do this, uh, I believe it's, you know, it's going to impact this. And this is how I know, you know, so what data do I look at? What are the signals that tell me whether or not something is is moving in the direction, right, wrong, or, or indifferent? So getting the teams to understand and take part of that rather than being told what to do is really, you know, it's a nuance, but it's important, right? Uh, a lot of people came from a background of outsourcing, outsourcing right? right? Which is, you know, tell me what to do and I'll deliver it on, mm. on scope, schedule, budget, yeah. right? What we're telling them now is, listen, it's not so much about that, right? It's more about get obsessed about your customer, right? Be clear about your product goals and visions, right? What is this? Uh, what's the measurement behind it? Is it NPS? Is it, uh, you know, growing monthly active users with this capability? Are you solving a job for the customer? And then just get obsessed about the, the details of that and iterate on it and iterate on it, right? Until you understand it enough to where you can start to make good decisions based on the data and the feedback you're getting. I found that to be very similar in my case, etc. We we have a tech team and, and a product team, and a lot of them come from outsourcing backgrounds, which are great. I think it's when it comes to execution, documentation, um, it's quite superb, I guess you could say. But the product mindset is a bit lacking in the sense that how do we build this for customers, not just to ship it and get it done and on right. time kind of thing. And which leads me to my next question about who your customers are. You know, let's let's paint that picture a bit, especially um, for the very young talent that might be looking for a job at VNG. What does the customer look like for ZaloPay exactly? Is it the people using the chat applications like Zalo? I know obviously serves merchants as well. Um, how does that ecosystem look for customers in Zalo's world? Right. Yeah, so you've got different constituents, right? So, um, you know, the, the, the one that people would typically understand would be the, you know, the individuals, the customers, the, the consumers. You know, uh, you know, targeted and mostly going to be the you know technical savvy individuals, probably under the age of forty, uh, probably uh, you know maybe has a bank account already. People that understand internet banking, right? So that becomes the easy path to go after, right? In that you've got different segmentations of, of types of people, uh, you know, with different user journeys. Somebody who maybe doesn't have a bank account that you have to figure out how do you get money in and out of an e-wallet. Uh, you know, somebody who maybe is, um, uh, you know, you know, more, fo- more focused on like food delivery only, you know, I'll use it for, for that kind of concept, or mm-hmm. I typically do cash on delivery for everything and I want to automate that. Right. So 
the, the nuance in that segment of the customer is important because as you develop features for that, you really have to think through what is the difference, what's going to be the difference maker between why choose one e-wallet over the other, right? And, and, and that, that becomes compelling as the competition gets more fierce, which it is quite fragmented today. Mm. Um, what, what is that? You say fragmentation. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at China and there's like two big players, Alipay and WeChat Pay, and they just dominate the whole landscape. In most cases, merchants accept both. There's very few to have a monopoly, I guess you could say. Um, what is what does the market look like for Zalopay, and and who are those other competitors, and and why use Zalopay? Let's put your on your sales hat a little there bit. There you go. That. Um, yeah. So you know, there's a number of, of e-wallet players here, right? Some who've had kind of first market mover advantage that have been out there a little bit. Um, others that have kind of a niche play on, you know. I have another type of service, so I'm going to allow for a payments vehicle as well, and I'm going to attach my strategy to that, right? I, I think as you think about Zalo Pay specifically, and one of the one of the values and one of the things that we have going for us is this idea that um, you, know, you have this uh, immense marketplace of, of users in Zalo itself, uh, people that use the application every day for some you know very you know intimate type you know conversations, and more and more you know you're using it for you know, uh, e-commerce uh, activities or peer-to-peer payments, right? Which is a lot of how, you know, some of the, uh, you know, some of the, the, the people we talked about in China started to really grow the, the payments capabilities, right? So um, from a peer-to-peer standpoint, you know, that's a key strategy for us. We really want to make sure we're tightly integrated with Zalo and we, we have access to, the, to that user base, which is significant. Uh, the other thing is we really want to create compelling, you know, kind of going back to the customers of ZaloPay, create a compelling story for our merchants. You know, how do we acquire merchants in a way that, you know, we can provide uh, interesting capability for them that's not based on cash? Mm-hmm. You know, you could start to see uh, interesting business models coming out of that over time where you're able to solve other problems for these merchants that maybe you couldn't solve, uh, you know, in, in the normal scheme of things. Not that we're doing that today, but we want to understand that and start to grow intelligence that way by, by using the data in ways that are interesting. Uh, that allow us to have a real compelling case to say, why should you take, you know, yet another e-wallet player or, or us specifically over maybe somebody else, right? And what are what are some of those products within the, the ZaloPay ecosystem? There's the one that obviously everyone probably knows is, you know, you, you top up and then you go to a vendor and you pay something. Is there a lot of peer-to-peer kind of stuff going to happen soon? Is there... Um, maybe you can illustrate just an initial kind of roadmap for us in terms of what people can expect even. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, we have the traditional peer-to-peer payments, right? So if, uh, you know, if, uh, if I need to send you money for the coffee you purchased for me earlier, you know, I can very easily uh, forward you a, uh, you know, through Zalo, uh, a direct peer-to-peer payment, right? Uh, obviously, we have uh, various verticals that we, we have, uh, like a movies vertical, uh, a billing capability that allow you to, um, you know, reoccurring billing, taking care of some of that kind of stuff. We've got uh, telco, which is a big one. So if you want to top up your, uh, you know, your VTEL or, or you know your, your cell phone bill, you can do that. So uh, you know, a number of those kind of verticals that are there, and then you got your, you know, your experience, your offline experience. So if you, you know, head to a, a certain coffee shop that you know takes it, you might need to do an offline type transaction. Uh, which is another yet another product, if you will, or a feature set within the product. You you have to think about that experience for the user, different from maybe online purchases like Lazada, Bayman, and, and others, where you know you, you have a deeper integration to the point where you know in, in our app you can actually shop on Zalo, purchase uh, Lazada based uh, uh, merchandise, 
and never leave the Zalo application, right? Uh, along with the payment and everything, right? So you've got a number of use cases kind of in there that essentially is which of these are the winning use cases, again, for the segments that customers are going after? And then how do we double down and, and make that, a, you know, something that's going to be a, a winning solution? For well, us? What's the fastest growing segment that you guys are really interested in? Or maybe there's a couple. Uh, E-commerce is is, mm-hmm. is huge because it's just the, the vast numbers, right? I mean, you, you really uh, you really want to pay attention to that, right? Especially with COVID and everything coming in, more and more people are, are shopping online and continue to do that. Um, you know, the individuals that are, that are doing that, right, are doing it also at scale. So, you know, you, you need to be able to gain uh, market share that way, right? That becomes a really big, a b- big play for us. So when you mentioned that it's kind of like integration into payment gateways, like if if we had a store on Vietcetera, let's say, which we do, uh, and we accepted Zalo Pay as a form of payment, is that what you're referring to? Or is it more um, like people just exchanging goods, like C2C kind of commerce? Well, I mean, I, I think you could do C2C commerce, but I think it's more like uh, deep integrations in the big players, right? So start with that. Uh, you're going to get a bigger penetration of users that way for the major use cases. Uh, obviously, payment gateways are another option to uh, you know to to go after you know let's say the next tier of, uh, of of payment options, right? Very similar to you know you also have to integrate with a bunch of banks, uh, you know, which which can also be a little bit clunky. So doing that in a way that maybe you get 80% of the banks through a, a gateway versus you know some direct uh, deep integrations. Uh, it's, it's kind of a, you know, going back to the word fragmented, right? You, you've got a number of ways to do this. And I think a lot of this goes down to the commercial side of how you're thinking about your deals with, with these individuals and what is the actual problem you're solving for them? Is it something that's truly just a payment or is it over time going to be a lot more than the payment? You know, maybe with a deeper uh, type of partnership that you could you know, deliver from that. Okay, so you know, we've talked a lot about the kind of external ecosystem that Zalopay is building in terms of customers and all that. Let's go inside a little bit more. You know, your role is not just leading product and technology and vision for the customers, but it's also leading for the team itself. Uh, maybe you can share more about the scale of how Zalopay has grown, maybe on the technical side, uh, like how many engineers you guys have now and how many will you have by the end of the year kind of thing. And how, how do you um, like build a a leadership kind of capacity for that, uh, especially in Vietnam. I don't think there's been a scale of, of an engineering team that large, yeah. I would assume. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a large team. Mm. It, it definitely is a large team. And they've grown a lot over the years. You know, a lot of the, um, you know, and this is this is a normal challenge, right? This isn't, I don't think it's a Vietnam-specific challenge. It's, I think, engineering generally. You, know, you, you take a really smart engineer, and they do really well, and they're the best programmer, uh, you know, maybe best architect ever. And then all of a sudden you say, hey, uh, maybe I don't have a career path for you. So now you become a manager of people or a leader of people, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, now you're leading, you know, 10 other people, right? And you said, well, wow, I'm sure glad I got this computer science degree. And uh, it's, it's, you know, it's really useful in this leadership role. Um, you know, so I think generally we, and myself included, don't do, haven't done a great job of teaching the next group of people how to be strong technologists uh, with product, you know, thinking like this as a product, but also how do you take care of your people, mm-hmm. right? And, and I think at the heart of V&G and a lot of, you know, the mission around what they're trying to do with their people is really invest in that growth concept, right? How do you take a, a you know, an individual, really help them with a growth mindset, help them to understand that just because you're a technical all-star, right, uh, you can learn these other skills and we're going to help you. We're going to walk alongside you. We're going to train you. 
Uh, we're going to give you some real examples and, and some coaching and mentoring and all of the things required to deal with the, the, the very real people issues that, that happen when you have large organizations. Is, is the next generation of engineers excited for that challenge or opportunity, you, you could know, say? I, I think some of them are, right? Um, you know, I, I met with a team today that I think one of the things they told me was, hey, we're the youngest team, you know, here at Zalopay, right? And, you know, we want to innovate and, and we want to do all this stuff. And we were talking a lot of the conversation turn to leadership. You know, this idea that you, you want to do things with an intentional measure, right? You, you do them, you know, there's trade-offs for everything that we're doing. But the more that you can start to lay out a, a true strategic vision, that you can start to understand what are your constraints, understand, you know, should I choose yet another technology? Or should I think about my team and maybe the cognitive load that they have? And, and let's let's start to formulate a plan to get from here to maybe that new technology in a way that's helpful for the individuals to not overload them. Like we start to put that in context. I think people uh, tend to get it, right? And, and, and they tend to then t- take a step back and start thinking a little bit more about the problem space, which isn't always directly, you know, let's use the next, uh, you know, shiny new technology to solve the problem. It's how do we do this in a way that's good for our people, whether it's, you know, growing them up or around or full stack or targeted technologist, right? You, you really got to put some thought into that. And, and I saw an engagement with the team that I thought was very encouraging uh, at Zalapay. So. In, in a, a market like Vietnam where it's renowned for its engineering talent, are there deficiencies that you see in terms of um, execution or implementation? And what, what I mean by that is like, is there um, maybe some groups of talent that are easier to find in Vietnam or harder to find? Like what are the headline characteristics, I guess you could say, when it comes to recruitment? Yeah, so I, I think the universities are, are really doing a great job of pumping out some some very strong talent. Uh, I've seen this through the fresher program that, that VNG runs, amazing talent coming through. The the first of all, the number of people coming through and, and what we can take is is limited, but it, it's super exceptional. So there there's a cream a cream of the crop, if you will, that's coming out of the local universities. So I definitely want to you know give some 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 credit for that for that. Um, you know, when it comes to the deficiency side of things, I think the idea of product is a little bit new, mm. right? It kind of goes back to the conversation about outsourcing. If you haven't been thinking about product in a way that's, you know, again, customer obsessed and focused on that, grooming that backlog and being a more senior thinker, right, you know, versus somebody who's taking uh, requirements from somebody and executing on that, that's a skill that we need to hone in on because that's going to be the difference maker that takes us forward over the next 10 years, which is take some some local companies, make them true product companies and drive that forward. That I think is at the heart of, of the deficiency and something that, you know, I'm spending a lot of time working with the team, both from, a, you know, how do you coach this idea of how to do it in an agile mindset? And also, you know, how do you make sure that you know who your customer is? You know, are you solving problems for them? You probably should be out talking to your customers if, if you're going to be, you know, truly product focused. And uh, come back with some, uh, you know, some tests, some things you want to try and and see if you know does that work for them or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, with that said, too, we we do want to touch upon uh, a final recruitment kind of opportunity. <laughs> you know, um, I'm sure you're hiring tons of uh, both freshers but also experienced people. Um, what what are you guys hiring for at the moment, and why are you hiring for those kind of backgrounds? Yeah. So one of the things that uh, I'm really focused on right now is really the the leadership roles. Mm-hmm. So. I've got a number of, we'll call it heads of engineering focused on various portfolios in my world, along with, uh, you know, call it a 
uh, agile program office leader, uh, along with kind of an, let's call it an agile quality leader, but people that can run these functions, uh, you know, in a, in a way that can drive, um, you know, best in class, right? So a lot of a lot of what we're doing is there. We've got a number of uh, data positions open, number of just senior engineers, regular engineer types, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, people that like Golang, Java, those are our, our basic skills. And then, you know, knowing how to build for the cloud, I, I think is, you know, those types of skills we're hiring for. Um, you know, I, I've, I've got uh, lots of positions, uh, dozens and dozens I'm trying to hire for. It, like, like always, right, it's like, you know, I, I spend like 10 hours a week in interviews alone, just interviewing people for Jesus. open roles. Yeah, it's crazy. And is hiring here more difficult than your experience in the U.S., would you say? I don't know that it's more difficult. I think I'm still maneuvering the network, mm. right? Uh, what I always tell my team is, you know, if you're relying upon your internal recruiters to to do the job, that's mm. like the ninth step out of 10 steps to get there. Yeah. So if you're not building a pipeline or a network, you're not really going through that. It's hard to find people that are just going to land on your web page randomly, find the job of their dreams, be passionate about it, apply for it. Right. And you have the right skills. You have to... I mean, there's content, there's just going to community events. Yeah. Uh, you go to these product meetups often from what you told me just before we hopped yeah. in the studio. Yeah. Just all those little things add to that talent pipeline, I guess. It does, um, right? You is have that to, ecosystem there, though? It is in pockets. Uh -huh. it, it's not, um, at least from what I've seen, I've seen mm -hmm. Android meetups. I've mm -hmm. seen, you know, uh, technical executive meetups. There's usually in individuals driving these, not really like organizations or, you know, groups or whatever, so. Yeah, there's a, I think there's a ton of opportunity for some people to get in there. Will VNG really, be doing some, you think? Oh, absolutely. You already are probably. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we we do some of this already. Um, you know, I've been talking to a few people as well about, you know, the fantastic facility that we have, the campus. I don't know if you've ever been out there, but it's like, uh, uh, you know, something out of Silicon Valley, right? It, it's really, really awesome. And uh, we've if got the ability. It's got a river view, I think. It's got a river view. We have a pool, a gym. Uh, we, we, we have a company that You're focuses on. You're just missing them. a CTY now, right, guys? <laughs> that's, that's right. You can just come in there with your uh, your food menu, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a great place to, you know, to, to I think to do that, some of that stuff. Mm. Now, we're, we're kind of out in District 7, a little bit off the beaten path. So maybe location isn't best for central meetup type things. But I think generally, you know, we're, we're going to do a lot, right? Hackathons, meetups you know, some community events and things mm -hmm. like that so cool. going forward. And, you know, lastly, and I asked um, your colleague Kelly Wong, who was on the show some months ago, uh, he's one of our first guests actually about the global vision for VNG. And, you know, that's, you know, obviously uh, ZaloPay is, is um, very focused on the domestic market. There's this massive untapped kind of opportunity there, but maybe you can speak about VNG generally speaking, even internal, the internal mindset for your engineering team and technology team. What does having this embracing challenges kind of motto mean at VNG uh, in terms of be thinking bigger and out of the box? You know, it doesn't include like, you know, is ZaloPay going to be a re potentially regional thing? Is it, or is it really just focused on Vietnam? Or is it about how you guys apply product mindset Maybe you can talk more about that mindset um, in terms of how to expand it on your team. So I you know, can't say a lot about you know, all the VNG plans for sure. Uh, obviously, I'm very uh, focused on I was trying to get that out of you, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think you know, there, there's some, uh, definitely some big aspirations, right, to, to play on a bigger stage. And um, you know, certain businesses have the opportunity to do that, right? Um, you know, I, I defer to Kelly and, and others to, you know, maybe speak deeper into that. I, I think, you know, from my perspective, embracing challenges, if, if you if you look at some of the things that have been done so far and some of the businesses that have been spun up under the umbrella of VNG, uh, there's actually quite a few 
smaller things that are happening, but think of it as like incubator type activities, right? Where, you know, somebody had a great idea in the team. Uh, maybe it didn't directly, you know, meet the need for something that was marketable at the time, but it's like, wow, if we take this, you know, spin it up a little bit, create some autonomy for that team, let them go after the market opportunity and we'll invest in it as a separate thing. I'm starting to see that a lot, you know? Uh, so I think, you know, the, the challenges and the innovation that's happening out of that is, is, is compelling. And I think, you know, it, sometimes, you know, it takes you know, many things to spin up to find the thing that's the next unicorn. But, you know, I, I think you have to have that mode and that model. And, and I see that happening at VNG. Um, you know, the other part of the VNG model, right, embracing challenges is also build people, right? And, and I, I see that uh, more than anything else. I see that in the company's DNA, right? You, you see it through corporate wellness programs that are heavily invested for the people, you know, the mind, the body uh, connection. You see that through you know, the types of uh, things that uh, my colleague Abhishek, uh, who, who's running kind of the chief people officer aspect, is running from a development standpoint. How are we investing in our people? You know, how we invest in the community? Um, you know, Min Lee is, is a huge advocate for the community and how he's investing, you know, in various ways. So I can see that that is very visible to me, even though, you know, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm one unit looking out and looking into it. It's, it's pretty awesome. Um, so I think there's a lot of stuff happening in the ecosystem, right? And, and I think it's, uh, it's definitely growing and, um, you know, it feels, it feels good to be, be part of it. Excellent. Yeah. You know, you're talking a lot about the campus and, and the people and I've been there once. It's an amazing spot, but also the people you can see they're very happy and engaged. Um, there's room to breathe and walk and just think and, and there's activity, there's hubs of people. So, um, you know, kudos to the VNG team. I'm sure a lot of work still has to be done, of course, but um, it's definitely one of the more progressive places to work and to think and to do things in Vietnam. So uh, kudos to the kudos to the people team at VNG for making that happen. Um, Mark, this kind of concludes our show today with you as CTO of Zalopay and, and as part of VNG. Um, are, are there any last kind of comments you'd love to make about, you know, what your team's work is is doing at Zalopay or Zalopay itself um, that maybe the audience would maybe like to hear about? Yeah, I mean, listen, we are, um, I'd say, kind of at a, at a place where we're, we're growing, right? And um, and with that, there's a lot of growing pains, and, you know, in a good way, right? I always look at this as, a, you know, challenges and opportunities are kind of the, kind of the same thing. And, uh, you know, I, I think in that, having a lot of fun doing it, right? We're having fun because, you know, we're changing the way we work, we're changing the aspect of how we think about the customer, we're changing the way, you know, the, the, the tech technical focus and how it needs to be targeted towards things that maybe uh, can solve problems faster for us or the right innovative solutions. And, and all of that being said, it's, it's uh, a place to, to definitely uh, look at, especially if you're looking for something from an engineering standpoint, product, uh, the business is, is growing. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it, I'm, I'm super excited to be here and I'm glad uh, this opportunity kind of landed on me and uh, looking forward to the next chapter. Awesome. Well, we're looking forward to what your team has to build at Zalopay, Mark, and, and the greater VNG ecosystem. So uh, hopefully we'll invite one of your colleagues to even share more down the line on this show. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Uh, thanks to our readers, listeners, and followers for following another episode of Vietnam Innovators. Again, we're speaking with Mark today, CTO of Zalopay, part of the VNG group. If you're interested in learning more, there's more details in the comments and description. Uh, VNG has a lot to share. Check them out. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, thanks, Al. Appreciate it. Vietcetra's Vietnam Innovator Series is only one of many podcasts hosted by the team. 
We also have Have a Sip, hosted by our VP of content, Thuy Min, as well as the Vietnamese edition of Vietnam Innovators, hosted by Vietcetra's Chief Operating Officer, Ruby Nguyen. Look out for more podcast production soon from the Vietcetra team. You can also check out the video version of this podcast on our other platforms such as YouTube and Facebook. New episodes are out every week, so don't forget to subscribe to Vietcetra's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube channel for more interesting content. Thank you for listening to another episode of Vietnam Innovators brought to you by Dreamplex. Companies are only as good as the people that work there. Still, 8 out of 10 companies in Vietnam struggle to attract, engage, and retain the best talent. Partner with Dreamplex to deliver the most engaging workplace experience to your employees. Visit dreamplex.co slash today for a free consultation.